Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Research, reporting, industry analysis, information, and tokenomics. Welcome to Thriller Insights. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world. Gather around and stuff for another exciting episode of Thriller Insights. Today is October 23rd, 2020, and we are talking the Bitcoin Spark. That's right. Gradually, then suddenly. Yeah, I ripped that off right from Parker Lewis. <laughs> no, seriously, that guy is a genius. And we're going to talk all about him here at the top of the hour. But before we do this, I'm excited. I'm really excited because it's been a hell of a week, right? All the news that came out, and f- for a minute there, I was like, "Should I? Should I record something? Should, should we do it this way? Do I react, uh, or should I take it easy and let it soak in? Because this doesn't happen very much." And I decided to soak it in for a little bit, and then I realized, "Okay, it's time to record an episode." But if you haven't heard the big news, take a listen. <laughs> PayPal cashing in on the crypto craze, a payment company announcing a new feature that will allow users to buy, sell and hold cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin. The news sending Bitcoin soaring more than 7 percent to its highest level of the year. PayPal just gave a major stamp of approval for the entire crypto space. Thank you very much, PayPal. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of 2017 for a lot of reasons. Back then, people actually believed PayPal was going to announce something like that. There was rumors circulating all over Reddit. And for a lot of us, we just couldn't believe that that was going to happen back then. But to see it happen now is crazy. Now, now, mind you, they are just going to buy and sell Bitcoin, but it's also LTC. It's also Bitcoin Cash. It's also Ethereum. And yes, it's you're not going to be able to withdraw it or deposit it. But hey, it's Robin Hood all over again. But who cares? Right. It's a start. And honestly, PayPal realizes they're going they're going to need millennials. They're going to need these Zoomers. There's no way for them to get more people to join on their platform. For what reason? Everybody's using Square, right? So, yes, this is a spark that we needed. Did I see it coming? Ah, I want to say I kind of did see it coming, right? We were talking about it on previous episode that there was going to be some big news. But what does this all mean? Well, this all means one thing. We are going higher, baby. So what happens right after that? Well, Paul Tudor Jones speaks about Bitcoin again. <laughs> That's right. This longtime behemoth of a trader believes that we are in the first inning of Bitcoin. This is crazy that he's talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a lot of the characteristics of being an early investor in a tech company. And I didn't realize it until uh, after, uh, unfortunately, I came on your show and got besieged by God knows how many different people on Bitcoin. Uh, and again, I've, I've got 
small single digit investment in Bitcoin. That's it. I'm not a Bitcoin flag bearer. But what I learned was and what I was so surprised by is that Bitcoin has this enormous contingent of really, really smart and sophisticated people who believe in it. Uh, and it's and and now when I think of the menu of, of the inflation hedges, uh, the the thing that Bitcoin has again, it's like investing with Steve Jobs and Apple or investing in Google early. You've got this group of that's by the way crowdsourced all over the world that are dedicated to seeing Bitcoin succeed and it becoming a commonplace store of value and transactional to boot uh, at a a very basic level. And so I've never had an inflation hedge where you have a kicker that you also have great intellectual capital behind it. So that makes me uh, even more constructive on it. If you think about it, if you're long twos, thirties, right, you're effectively short the bond market. That's your inflation hedge. You're really betting on the fallacy of mankind rather than uh, right. its ingenuity and entrepreneurialism. So so I, I like Bitcoin even more now than I did then. I think we're in the first inning of Bitcoin. first inning and if you look at what happened since thursday paypal has spoken with bloomberg and now they're in talks to buy crypto firms and one of those crypto firms is bitco yeah it was one of the first u.s crypto firms to secure broker dealer approval transfer agent registration and trust company recognition basically allows for record keeping services and provides custody Did I mention that PayPal also has talked directly with the CEO of BitGo, Mike Belsch? And of course, he declined to comment. But two things, mergers and acquisitions. This is happening, ladies and gentlemen. We are getting close to peak Bitcoin, right? The sparks already happened. PayPal was a spark. Paul Tudor Jones was just the the extra gasoline on the fire. Now, what we're seeing now is all the extra lumber being added to that fire to keep it going. So make no mistake, we were right about October. We were even dead on about November. But there is more happening here that we just haven't seen yet. We just don't know about. And that's why we look at the charts and the charts are telling us one thing, but everything's already happened. Everything's already headed this way. I think we're playing a game of catch up here. And I think that Bitcoin is headed to this trajectory. And at this point, there's nothing stopping it. And this is where Parker Lewis comes in. So he actually has come out with something called gradually then suddenly. And he foresaw this and he thinks this all has to do with us going towards this hyper Bitcoinization. And it starts with that's right. We talked a lot about this, the Fed. So take a listen to his conversation 
at BitBlock Boom this year, and I actually left this out earlier, but I feel comfortable putting this in now because frankly, it's been it's been out for months already. But this piece of information here at the end, when somebody asks him a question, really piques my interest, and it piques my interest right now because this is what's happening. Take a listen. So you described um, a 10-year lag of being baked in monetary, basically monetary effect of like decisions and things like that. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I mean, again, I okay. don't so, don't make me run the numbers, but well, I was actually, the, I'm saying the, the point being that the things that are happening right now have been baked in for for far longer than than um, individual companies or individual markets, and that you know, big changing, uh, big difference was the financial crisis, which was 10, 11 years ago. Okay, because I was going to ask you, is there some empirical information showing that 10-year lag? Because that's really interesting. Because if if it's true, then you could you know obviously predict. And, and so my second question would be. Is it going to take 10 years, do you think, for the, this spike up in uh, dollars being printed to really show up, do you think, uh, for the U.S. dollar? Well, what I would say is I think that the, the, the key thing is the relationship between the actual amount of dollars and the, and the dollar credit system. Um, so that, that numerator and denominator, the, the delta will continue to shrink, essentially, by putting more dollars in the system. The Fed delevers the system. Um, but as more and more people opt out, it is dynamic with Bitcoin. So I, I do look at it as the Fed's going to, to, to have increasing problems because of the, the because Bitcoin's going to accelerate um, the, the collapse of the U.S. credit system, essentially. Uh, people are going to, to sell credit assets in the U.S. to accumulate Bitcoin. That's going to cause the credit system to attempt to collapse. And then people are going to... Um, the Fed's going to have to increase the supply of dollars more rapidly or on an accelerated basis. So if when we think about 10 years, that's two halvenings from now, or we're going to be in the middle of the, you know, the third halvening from now. Um, so I do think that you know, inflation is going to show up. It's transmitted through the credit system. Uh, there's nothing that the Fed did in, in March or April that's suddenly going to cause you know, hyperinflation. Uh, that is just going to continue to, to probably react similarly to what has happened in the last 10 years, but that with each passing halvening of people opting out of Bitcoin, I would accept, expect that to accelerate. So I don't think that it's unrealistic that in within the next decade that most of the world is operating on Bitcoin. What's the time frame for this? Because right now the U.S. dollar is the global reserve currency, and Ecuador, Salvador, and I think Cuba also pegs their currency to the dollar, right? So it's it's very intertwined in the global financial system, right? So what would be, do you think it's going to be a gradual, like just people are just going to start opting out and going into Bitcoin? Or will there be like some type of watershed moment for these countries to decide, okay, you know what? I don't want to peg my currency to the dollar anymore. I don't want to use the dollar as, as, as the currency of Ecuador or whatever in that example. How is that going to happen, in your opinion? Yeah, so, you know, one, timing is the hardest thing to predict. I, I work generally under assumptions that I believe to be true, uh, that I think are fundamentally have indisputable, and then, and then care less about timing, and that's the best way to be able to play through in all conditions. Um, so, kind of in the reality, though, 
you know, I do think that it's possible that people, again, if they're shifting over to, to, to Bitcoin in a way that, you know, if, whether we call it hyper-Bitcoinization or just say most of the world is operating on Bitcoin, that that reality and world could happen within the next 10 years um, because, it, because it is dynamic um, and because we do see that with each passing having people's, it's what effectively happens is people's understanding and um, confidence in the fact that 21 million is actually a real number um, only gets hardened and hardened with each passing happening and that is that that reality coexists when the dynamics in the credit system dictate that trillions more be put into the system in order to sustain and stabilize asset and general price levels. So again, there's there's nothing special to it. I think if we look at each one of those prior currency collapses, it is that the timing of when confidence breaks is impossible to know. Um, but it but it's it's not triggered by an event. It's not triggered by today we woke up and there was an earthquake and, and the currency collapsed. It was that it was degrading over time and it was degrading because slowly but surely the central bank or the central government was printing more and more of it and the money was actually doing its function of coordinating and being that price system and price mechanism in the economy worse and worse to the point where the imbalance had grow, grown so large that again it's not just a function of printing money it's that the things that we actually need that money fulfills the, the coordination to get those things it actually degrades to the point where it can no longer um, do that and the things that we actually need the goods become more and more scarce and, and money just entirely deteriorates at that point. So, yeah, I don't want to duck the question, but again, while saying it's impossible, I do think that it is possible that 10 years is a reasonable time frame. So he's right. Uh, if you take a look at the charts and the information I'll put inside the newsletter, you can see everything that Parker Lewis has written and I'll put all his links there. The guy is on another level when it comes to looking at these money markets and how Bitcoin is <laughs> is riding alongside of it and really stealing its lunch. It's pretty incredible. But let's get back to everything this week, because I'm sure you're like, OK, Carr, what do you think? What do you make of all this? W what is your kind of thinking on all this? Well, I'll tell you here. Um, I think there's some things to consider. Right. Um, not everything is <laughs> is always bullish news. I think if you look at what Jesse Powell said, he had a little snap back to reality. He said, I don't know why you guys are all losing your minds over 13 K USD is crashing. Wake me up when we're back over 400 kilograms for Bitcoin to gold ratio. Uh, yeah, I, I guess <laughs> I guess that makes sense, Jesse. I mean, he's right. Right. We need to think about it in that kind of economic sense, right? <laughs> but not intended. But let's look at this. Now, Bitcoin has a possibility of being commercialized. And I think we all need to consider that. Um, there is a lot of talk of PayPal not offering regular consumers any opportunity to, you know, withdraw their Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, or, or Bcash. Like, that's just not going to be a thing, right? So Bitcoin becomes 
a custody that belongs to PayPal. So you really don't own that Bitcoin, right? That's like the first rule they teach you when, when you enter the market. Um, so we have to consider that like custody only platforms are going to become a bigger thing, right? So PayPal right now, now we have Robinhood, right? And then there's more, there's more consumers that are going to fall in line with that. People want it easy. Um, right. So that's one thing to consider. That's one drawback to all this is that Bitcoin becomes just a custody and, you know, it could fall into the same trappings that we have with gold, right? Where they're just making ETFs and there's just paper gold out there that have the same value as regular gold. Um, and it's just not what we want for Bitcoin or what we dreamed for Bitcoin. Right. So that's a thing to consider. Another thing to really consider, and I'm actually considering this more than everything else, is PayPal is opening up Bitcoin and crypto to 26 million, yeah, 26 million global PayPal merchants, right? That's 346 million active users, 222 billion of payment volume, right? <laughs> That's a lot. Um, and so another thing you have to realize, and I, I said it as a joke earlier in the, at the top of the show, was that they have to they have to do this. PayPal, they don't have a choice. Right. Uh, Square is is killing them right now. The cash app is a hit. Right. I mean, I, I use I honestly personally, I use a square app every single day, like every day, the boosts that come in that square app. Yeah. It's just amazing. Right. Uh, you can buy Bitcoin on there. Yeah. I have Bitcoin just sitting on my square wallet, not a lot, but enough in a pinch, right? Sure. Or enough to show somebody how Bitcoin works. Right. Um, it's, it's killing them. <laughs> and this is about the millennial and zoomer growth that they need on their platform. Um, PayPal has a very, you know, I guess a friendly consumer wallet called, uh, I was going to say Zoomer, <laughs> called um, Venmo. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, and yeah, that's a that's an actual thing that people use. I personally don't use Venmo, um, but apparently if you have a PayPal account, you have a Venmo account. I, I don't know how that works. I'm sure I'll play with it uh, once Bitcoin gets on there just to see what it looks like. But they have to do this uh, and they have to get these normies on there. And if they don't, then what's going to happen is you're going to have all this uh, just Bitcoin not going anywhere. And so this is exactly what I see. And also one more thing that most everybody's saying right now is this is about stable coins and being on the PayPal platform. Yeah, I guess it's probably going to be more behind the scenes than anything. Kind of like what Square does when you send each other cash instantly. Uh, I doubt they'll explain stable coins to the average consumer. Maybe they will. I think I think everybody in the Bitcoin space and the crypto space thinks that everybody's technical. And, and trust me, <laughs> being a system administrator and talking to end users, they're not technical. They won't know anything <laughs> regarding Bitcoin. They'll think of it. They'll think Bitcoin is like some stock or something. They won't know who owns it. They just know that it keeps going up. Right. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to see for, for PayPal. It's going to be a financial offering. Uh, will it grab some people on there? Sure. Uh, 26 million is a lot of PayPal merchants. I'm sure they'll take Bitcoin instead. Uh, people that do their research, but it's still going to provide growth for Bitcoin and crypto. And then 
I would also say this, another thing to consider, watch what Square does before the end of the year. I think they have something up their sleeve. I've always said they're an update away from releasing uh, Bitcoin to every freaking <laughs> every freaking merchant that they have on their platform. I don't know why they don't do it. I don't know why they don't flip that switch. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's something up you know, up the sleeve that's coming out here within the next couple of weeks. I don't know anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So keep an eye out for that. Square has one last move they're going to make before the end of the year. Uh, and that's going to be another spark. And another thing to consider, <laughs> you're probably like, geez, Carl, how many things do you have to consider? Actually, I've been thinking about this a lot. So <laughs> and I've been talking to a lot of people. So yeah, I have a lot to say. So another thing to consider that everybody's not talking about is that banks have no choice now. Uh, they're screwed. <laughs> so they have to fall in line with what acting comptroller of currency uh, Brian Brooks has told them. Uh, start to self-custody digital assets now. <laughs> and that's in order. So, yes, Brian Brooks has told them already issued a memo multiple times this year and said banks have no choice but to self-custody digital assets. So look for them to scram <laughs> today or next week on getting that board meeting together and then getting that <laughs> having that secondary meeting telling somebody to hey you come up with a plan and then going out and getting a plan or going out and buying something or buying someone from the crypto space and then merging it you're going to see a lot of mergers and acquisitions here in 2021 and that's going to drive a lot of growth that's going to be good for the space but yeah make no mistake uh, banks are coming now and PayPal just said what they're doing. So uh, gloves are on, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And I have a story for you. And a lot of people will think this is made up. A lot of people will think this is crazy. Some people won't even believe me, but I don't care because I'm telling you this because. So I live in Austin. I have a lot of friends here that are in the tech space. Uh, some friends have moved away from Austin. Some some work for other tech companies. Um, and so one of my friends that I've talked to, it's been a while, but I've, I think we've we've chatted off and on. But now it's just mo mostly just through Telegram. Right. And so he recently told me as of Wednesday and I kept trying to get more out of him, but he he won't say. And I told him I was going to put this on the on the subscription. I was going to put this on the subscription and he wasn't happy about it. But, you know, I told him that I won't mention who he is or anything like that. So, so don't go try looking in my LinkedIn or anything like that because he's not there. Um, so with all that being said, I ha we were having a conversation about the whole PayPal thing. Um, and that's when he told me something that I was completely shocked about. And he said, by this time next year, Amazon will will have entered the, the Bitcoin and crypto space. And I was like, wait, what? And <laughs> come to find out he works for Amazon now. And he knows something. And according to him, and this is this is like I said, this is off the record, but I still, I still I'm still sharing it with y'all. So I heard I basically heard it from him that uh, it's going to be one of these four or five things, either custody, retail exposure, payments, trading. He said that he's not sure yet, but it's brewing. And I was like, uh, can you give me more than that? <laughs> He's like, no. Uh, so at, at first, I, I, a normal, normal person out there wouldn't believe that. They'd be like, no, there's no way Amazon's going to enter the Bitcoin crypto space. What would they do? Uh, and like I said, I, and I asked and he said it's going to be one of those things. So 
I I remember back in 2016, I think it was, there was a news article, and you could probably Google this. There's a news article that had Amazon buying um, uh, AmazonEthereum.com, AmazonBitcoin.com, AmazonLitecoin. They, they were buying all these domains, and it made like uh, Coin Telegraph and made CoinDesk. It was a big news story, and people were like, "What are they doing?" Well, th- like I never thought about it after all these years. And then when uh, Facebook uh, was, when we were talking about Facebook, about them, how they were going to enter the space, a lot of us were like, "Okay, who's going to come next?" And obviously it was PayPal because they dropped out of Facebook. Remember that? So now when I talk to him here on Wednesday, that's when he tells me that, yes, Amazon is looking at entering the space and this is going to be this time next year. So if he's right about this and I, I have no proof, he didn't send me any proof. He didn't send me any screenshots or anything like this. This is just from a trusted friend that I know who happens to work at Amazon. And if he knows about it, there has to be other people um, that know about that as well, too. So that's just some food for thought. I thought I'd share that with you all. That I, I think uh, for the most part, um Definitely don't hold me to that. But if it does happen, if it does happen this time next year, holy crap. I hope I don't I hope I don't go to jail from the SEC. But we'll see. It'll be it won't be hilarious. Uh, but it would be crazy if that happened. Uh, so you heard it here first. That's that's just nuts. Anyways, with all of that, let's get into that's right, coin analysis. Let's do it. time for coin analysis we're gonna talk about bitcoin today <laughs> surprise surprise uh and um yeah and trading shot has something here that I, I think is pretty fascinating he has something called can this rally go on <laughs> and according to the rsi hell yeah it can <laughs> so if you look right now um the all-time high this or last year was thirteen thousand eight hundred. Right. And we got pretty damn close. Uh, we got to 13,260. Yeah, 266. Uh, we're going to get to 14K uh, by the weekend. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. I, I would be completely shocked if we didn't. But I, I do think we're going to hit that 14K at some point this weekend. Right now, we're currently at 12,975. It really just wants to peek over <laughs> 13K. Um, but if we don't hit that 13, if we don't hit that 14K, uh, then we're going to see the RSI drop. And but right now, the RSI, the RSI trend line is going higher and higher and higher. And it's not going to hit it until here on the 24th. So if we don't hit it by tomorrow. Uh, I would say by tomorrow at midnight or even what's say even after that. I would say if we don't hit it by by su- we don't hit it by midday Sunday. <laughs> Let's just give it that if we don't hit it by midday Sunday. Then it's probably we're going to we're going to go back down. Right. So, yeah, that's what I want to talk about is just can this rally go on? And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I think we 
I think we kind of peaked a little bit early. Like, you know, I kind of had a feeling that we were going to be towards this uh, little push up to 13. Um, but I was being conservative. I was like, we're going to get a push up to 12 towards the end of the month. Uh, maybe we'll still be at that, you know, bottom 12, 2, 12, 1, maybe 11, 84, 84, something like that, 840. Maybe we'll be in that range by the end of uh, October. But I still think there's more news to be shared. I feel like this rally can go go on because you have everybody out there in the space acting like they're Bitcoin experts again. And that's and that's one good sign of a bull market. When you start seeing people that you've never heard of before enter the space, uh, enter crypto YouTube, enter crypto Twitter, uh, enter everywhere and start becoming Bitcoin experts, then that's when you know new money's coming in. Um, so be, be extra careful out there. If, uh, you're, if somebody's trying to swindle you or something, just be careful. I feel like my telegram has been popping off this week just because Bitcoin has, has, uh, gone up and it's just personal messages. People are just shooting me personal messages and they're just spammers. Same thing with my email. It's just getting spammed right now, um, by just bots, you know? And so just be very careful. Any simple mistake, and I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to prepare you. Um, any simple mistake on clicking on a link or clicking on anything, you know, on a phone that you have a wallet tied to or anything like that, just be careful. Uh, don't click on something you don't know of. A lot of people are getting really desperate these days. And if they know you're into Bitcoin, <laughs> if they know you follow the space, they're going to try to, you know, take a move at you and don't take it personal. It's just, that's just how scammers are. That's what they do. Uh, yeah. It's just, it. you're going to start seeing that. And especially with, with this trend line going towards a bullish phase now, um, most of November is going to look freaking beautiful. Um, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I had a, had a, had a, uh, like a little ball that I could see into the future. But, um, November 1st, 2nd and 3rd, you know, I said at the last episode, those are the dates that I'm waiting for. Um, I'm waiting for those dates, but currently right now, we are still riding this RSI that's going higher and higher. I'll put a link to the chart in the show notes. I'll put the chart in the show notes so you can take a look at it. But if everything goes as expected, we should be at 14K by midday Sunday or probably even before then. So just 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 be aware of that <laughs> it's it's going to get crazy. Uh, and yeah, it's fantastic. These are great times. I'm in a great mood. <laughs> I don't think I've been in this good of a mood in a really long time. And yeah, these are the days to really, really go after it. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's all I got. We're going to talk about some coins here in uh, future predictions, and it's probably going to be something unexpected. But actually, we've actually talked about this in the past. We've actually brought up these coins in the past and brought up this very subject. I think now it's obviously clear now. Now we actually have empirical evidence for it. <laughs> but uh, there we have brought this up in the past and it was already known a year ago that this is where this was headed. And now it's actually out there in the open and, and people are talking about it and discussing it. Like I said, it takes for it takes time for people to catch up to us, but it's OK. We're we're willing to wait. <laughs> OK, with that, let's get into future predictions. Highly 
speculative token analysis. These are future predictions. So today in future predictions is no, it's no surprise. And let me give you a little bit of backstory. So in 2018, I think it was, yeah, 2018, uh, we did a show and that's when I started talking about how it feels because back before 2018, a lot of the information in the space in the crypto and Bitcoin space was pretty much for everybody's, um, it was, it was very much shared. There, there was, there is very much, there wasn't any like thing being held back or any kind of secrets as far as like bullish news coming out. It was very much wide in the open. Everybody kind of shared that information with each other. But it, once 2018 kind of came around, I started noticing like a lot of uh, institutional investors kind of, I wouldn't say they were institutional investors. Maybe they were just like, people with bigger money and bigger connections started entering the space and they kept a lot of things hush hush. Right. Um, and so a lot of these, I guess, venture capitalists would be more like it. A lot of them had some bullish information. They just wouldn't share it like they did before. And so in 2019, there was backed. Right. And they were on the on the verge of releasing their whole like, you know, kind of uh, exchange. And it was going to be a whole thing. Well, there was one particular night and I want to say it was like in June or May of last year where they had this private kind of like almost like a conference. But it was only people from like the CFTC, uh, from the SEC uh, speaking. And then you had some people in the Bitcoin space speaking. And then you had um, uh, Kelly Loeffler, who was the backed CEO at the time. And some other people from the New York Stock Exchange were also speaking. And... <laughs> Good old car was able to grab some information from that evening. And on one of the placards that was a presentation that somebody was giving was talking about how the uh, SEC and the CFTC were going to start looking at digital currencies a different way. And one of those ways was that uh, previously, I should say, in February of that year, uh, the CFTC commissioner at the time was somebody different. It wasn't uh, who we have now. And he he said that Bitcoin was a commodity at that point. And now everybody knows Bitcoin's a commodity. It kind of feels safe now to own it. No one really fears that it's going to be regulated or highly regulated, but it's being treated like a commodity, right? We're still being taxed on it, but whatever. So at that time, somebody snapped a picture of that placard that was on the, on the wall. And you, if you zoom in, you can really read what it says. And they were designating in this order, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Ethereum as commodities. So today in Future Predictions, we're talking about how in the future, you're going to see Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Ethereum labeled as commodities. And you're kind of already seeing that happen two weeks ago, right? Where you had the CFTC go up on stage, talk about how Ethereum is going to be the platform of the future and how it's going to be, uh, you know, releasing all these digital currencies and stable coins and blah, 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 blah. And but he also mentioned how it could be considered a commodity. But it was it was off the record, wasn't anything tied to his position. It was basically him just talking. So what I'm saying is, no, we are going to see those as commodities in the future. That is going to that is something that's going to happen. This has kind of already been kind of, you know, this has already been talked about for a couple years at this point. Right. So if I'm a betting man and I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would be looking at Litecoin, Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash as possible scenarios where it becomes commoditized. Right. And if that's the case, then those become um decentralized currencies, right? 
And yes, I totally get you on the whole Bitcoin cash thing and I get you on the Litecoin thing and I totally understand the Ethereum thing. I totally get it. But at the end of the day, the CFTC is going to look at those as commodities and that is bullish for the price of those um, decentralized assets, right? So yes, if you're holding some of those coins, you're going to be all right. Uh, I, I, me personally, I think Bitcoin is the way to go for a lot of that. But if you're holding some of those coins, it's you're not in a bad position now. And I think what we saw here with PayPal, that just solidified it. A lot of people were complaining on crypto Twitter about how XRP wasn't added on that list. And I think that has more to say that XRP is likely going to be labeled a security. And I get it. There's a lot of people that love XRP. I get it. But at a certain point, you have to look at how decentralized is XRP at this point? Who holds the vast majority of the coins? How well have they been split up? Uh, it, there's a lot that goes into it. So who knows? Maybe it'll become a commodity one day. But here currently now, that's not the day. Right. So Litecoin, Bcash and Ethereum and Bitcoin are looking like to be commodities of the future. And so if you kind of play this out, it's kind of weird, right? Because I started thinking about like what happens if we do go into this like, you know, central bank digital currency world. And let's say hypothetically, you know, you know, they all use Ethereum or some variant of it and it creates these digital currencies. Right. And there's all sorts of fiat digital currencies out there and we all carry them in our wallet. But let's say this forms another, you know, printing design, but done digitally and on a bigger scale. So it's a Ponzi on top of a Ponzi. <laughs> I've talked about that in the past. But let's say it does go that route. Right. Let's say they don't make some type of like world coin where it has like a governance structure and it's built on a basket of currencies. Let's say they don't do that. Let's say they just go straight to digital currencies and see how long they can kind of run the scam. And let's say it, it kind of creates people start creating digital currencies out of thin air. And before you know it, it topples down. At that point, the only exit that I see to a, to a hard digital asset is Bitcoin. But in another scenario, if you look at Litecoin or, or Bcash for that matter, <laughs> are those are those better holds than fiat currency? Or if you can't get into Bitcoin because, it, you know, the, the you know, maybe for whatever reason, no exchanges is selling them because everybody's running to Bitcoin. So the only option is to run to Litecoin or to Ethereum or to uh, Bcash or some or Dash or Zcash. Like what happens in that scenario where everybody's running to the exit of Bitcoin, but no one wants to sell you some Bitcoin. So I think in that scenario, I think there there is a possible way where maybe that does exist. Maybe there is some sense of a decentralized currency that can still be profitable and usable in the future. And maybe that is those other currencies that we're talking about today in future predictions. So I think in that scenario, yeah, I think there's a possibility that those coins still live and maybe Bitcoin doesn't eat it all up. But I don't know. It's, it's one thing I was kind of thinking about, like, how would that play out? But it's all kind of scenario based. And, and honestly, we don't know that for sure. But it is a commoditized uh, digital asset or it's going to be. And technically, there is a hard cap on Bcash and Litecoin. Um, so technically, maybe, I don't know. It's just something to think about. But I think I wouldn't have to worry about that right now. So make sure you buy Bitcoin <laughs> so, so you won't be in that predicament. But it's something to think about. And me personally, I hold I hold Bcash because I never, I never traded in from the fork. 
right? And I hold Litecoin because I think uh, I think Charlie Lee's onto something with that Mimble Wimble thing. So we'll see. But at the end of the day, you got to make your own decisions. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at the charts right now and you can see that the total market cap right now is at 400 billy. Yeah. So we were at we were at 400 billy here recently this year or actually we got to 393 and then we crashed back down. Um, but in years past, in 2017, we got to 400 billy in December of 2017. And then we have we made an all time high within that same that same month. So one or two things is going to happen here. We're either going to keep going up from this 400 billy and continue this uh, this rise or we're going to crash back down here in the next couple of days. Um, but at least we know what happens at this spot when it comes to the coin market cap. It's going to be interesting, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be some interesting next couple days, next few days. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that all of this is done by design. Like Parker was saying early in the show that you literally have this already pre-mapped from a decade ago, right? In, tw in, tw in 2008. So this money printing that's occurring, that was already built in from the people back then. And it's continuing now with your own pal. I think there's just an inevitability that Bitcoin becomes the dominant currency of the world. But yeah, I, I would hate, I mean, I would hate to bet against it. See you next time.